Most of them are like an hour long. It's nice, yeah? Yeah. <laughs> I almost rolled that chair over here. Jesus. <laughs> All right. I'm going to grab my notes here. So I kind of halfway stay on topic. <laughs> I have kind of a general line, guideline for this. Awesome. <laughs> um, but go ahead. Um, this is the first podcast of um, the new studio setup. Still working on the wallpaper yet. Um, my office layout moved to this back room back here, so the what was the Rowan wall behind us? I need, I need to start adding posters over here so we can still do the podcast in here and the YouTube videos. And absolutely, Rowan's been a big part of my life over the last few years, so I need to start wallpapering this wall so we. Uh, have it covered again. Um, but let me get up my notes here for our podcast. Um, so we usually start with um, I know who you are, but um, this is either going to be the end of season two or the beginning of season three. Um, so I know who you are. Why don't you introduce who you are to the people? Okay, my name is Justin Anderson, and uh, I've, I've been a polisher over on pretty much primarily the west side of Wisconsin. I, uh, I started washing trucks is how I started, and then I had a guy ask me, you know, about polishing and all that. I really had no idea until I watched one of your YouTube videos was the first time, <laughs> and I, I burnt the crap out of the truck. <laughs> I will not lie about that. Listen, I'll tell everybody till I'm blue in the face. I was a terrible polisher for my first six years. Debatably, a lot of people out there still say I'm a terrible <laughs> polisher. <laughs> and I'm okay with that. But my first six years, I was terrible. So don't, you shouldn't feel bad about where you started. The beautiful thing about why we started this podcast, I wanted people to not just hear from me, but hear from you as well. How long have you been doing this? Uh, it'll be five years now. Well, so. I forget it's been that long, right? Yeah, I know, right? Wow. Uh, so hear it from somebody that's been a new polisher that hasn't been on this scene for, for me it's been 21 years this year, going to be 22 coming up real soon here. Um, I think people hear me say stuff and they're like, I can't relate to it, Evan's been doing this for so long, like he's <laughs> yeah. different. And it's not, like we all started in the same place. Absolutely. So you've been doing it five years, you started washing trucks, yep. you transitioned into it, you burned the stuff right away. Yeah. <laughs> Fixed it yeah. after I learned. You know, Do you know what you did wrong? Yes, absolutely. Uh, my biggest, my biggest two things were pressure and not enough rouge. So really, running the pad dry and burning it really bad. Honestly, pressure and technique are two of the main things I teach in my training course because those are, as you know now, pressure and technique are two of the biggest absolutely issues most people have. And I would have never thought. I mean, dry compound is one of the number one reasons why people burn stuff or their pad gets dry and they don't put enough on or they don't put it on often enough. Um, I guess that is kind of a new guy thing, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And the problem was I didn't understand, so I kept getting the yellow lines in it and mm -hmm. I was trying to cut them out. And that, what I was doing was putting them in even just deeper. Just making it worse and running them in deep. And I, I just didn't understand that, you know, it, it, to me it makes a difference, the product you're using, because oh, I don't for know, sure. it, it just makes the work. It's a difference between an easy job and a hard job. I can polish with any product. Any product. Same I can get some yeah. kind of results. To get the results I get day in and day out, 
repeatable finishes day in and day out at the at the speed and level I want, I use the stuff I use. Okay. But you can polish with anything. Yeah. I mean, I can go to a truck stop and buy whatever they have on the shelf if I'm out, and I can make it work. Am I going to be happy about it? No, probably <laughs> not, because it's not going to work as well as I want it to. But I can polish with anything. And you, you could too. You've been doing this long enough now that if you had to make something work, if you were out on the road, nothing against Keystone, but if you had to make Keystone work, that's what I started road, with. Yeah, that's that what was, we all started with. That's what I burned my first truck with was the Keystone stuff. That's what we all started with. That's what I started with because that was the only thing I could get here. Yeah, exactly. And then the place I was buying from, they upgraded to some newer stuff. I was like, holy cow, this stuff's way better. And I noticed my quality went up without changing anything. Yeah. So well, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it goes a long ways. And, you know, finding what works best for you is, it's, that's what makes the job. Have you had any of those customers that were with you in the beginning that are still with you now? Yeah, actually, I got a few of them, actually. Um, I know, well, Island and Sons is a big one that I had for, from the beginning, and also I have a, uh, another company. He's more of a private guy, but, you know, I worked with him, and uh, now his son does it, and his name is Mick Custer. Oh, that's yeah. one of my main guys. But Cody, I still talk to him all the time. Cody actually, funny story. Cody was actually in one of my YouTube videos on how to hand polish a front wheel. He um, had hit me up a number of times. He loved metal polishing. And Mick hit me up and he goes, "Hey, if I brought Cody over for a day, could he hang out and, you know, if I took him out of school for a day, could he hang out and, you know, learn how to polish a little bit?" I said, "Absolutely." Like, yeah. he, he's a special needs kid. He's not special needs at all. Yeah, okay. like he's a super smart kid. Like, and he's motivated. That's I mean, that's hard to find in any polisher when you're. It's hard to find in anything. Yeah, that's true. anything anymore. <laughs> I don't know exactly how old he is. Um, yeah, I'm I want to say sure he was like twelve back then. So he's got to be like close to twenty by now, I would think. Maybe yeah. around in there. But um, he still messaged me every day. Yeah, he messaged me on Facebook every day, and I feel bad because I. I don't always have enough time to respond to them. I always respond, but it's not always like big paragraphs and stuff. Yep. Like right now, he's big into the Sing movies. So he asks me every day, have I seen the new Sing? It's like, yes, I have. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> I went with my girls. We went and seen it. It was great. And then it's like it spirals into a whole other conversation. It's like, I just I don't have enough hours in the day anymore. Exactly. I'm running out of time. So I feel bad because I, I would love to spend more time and talk to him. Because he's just such a good kid. Yeah, you don't, and you don't find many people that are that motivated to get into polishing either. You know, right? I've had quite a few people that I've tried to train or explain to what I do. You know, and they just have no interest. And, and now he's, like he's polished with you once before. Yeah. Oh yeah. I, uh, the last time I was at Mix, uh, he asked if if I mind if Cody hung out, and I was like, no. So I had That's Cody awesome. polishing on wheels and all that. And I would waste days at his place. <laughs> yeah. You know, like. If I had if I had the time, like if I could retire tomorrow and just go out and have fun, he'd be one of the guys I'd hang out with. Absolutely. Like it's just it's great to see his passion. Like he he truly loves polishing. Yeah, and it's very motivating too, mm -hmm. you know, when you're around people like that that yep. are passionate and Yep. Absolutely. So you've been doing this for five years. Um I know your backstory. You've been through a bunch of hardships in those five years. Um, I think what some polishers that listen to this podcast are thinking about is like, 
some of the hardships they're going through and feel like they're alone in some of those hardships. Um, I just talked to one of the other polishers that um, I was with the podcast earlier this season. Um, he had stopped by here and hung out for a few days, him and his family. And um, he had told me that a guy he was doing work for had taken advantage of him. And um, as we all know, we've all had that. You yeah, run into it everywhere. It doesn't matter where you're at. You're going to have somebody take advantage of you, take advantage of the situation, take advantage of your life situation. And I know you've gone through the same thing. And I just kept thinking the other day when he was talking to me about how this guy talked him into working for him and then stiffed him on the money. I was like, you need to meet Justin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, you two could have some long talks and some good, good conversations. But um, I feel like it's helped you grow too, though. Like, I agree. You've been through some rough situations, but it's helped get you to where you're at too. Um, and I've enjoyed watching you for the last five years from when I first met you and the quality you were putting out then versus the quality you're putting out now. I mean, you've definitely come a long, long ways. Absolutely. I mean, I haven't hesitated to credit Evans or anything, you know, because I've learned well, a lot here. It's not, all, it's not all of us. You did a You're lot right. of that on your own. It's not, but it helps to be steered in the right direction. Yeah. And and once you got that direction, it's your choice how you run with it from there. I, I agree 100%. And I'll, I'll always support you. I, all the stuff that happened, none of that stuff bothers me. I don't, I don't hold any grudges against anybody. What, what happened, happened. And it all just went went to the wayside and we came out friends on the other end and I'm still happy about it. There's bigger and better things to come. Yeah. yeah. Man, there's so much bigger things in life to worry about and that's not one of them. And that's, that's another thing I have to say to any polisher out there. I mean, if you are hitting a hardship, reach out to other polishers online and stuff, you know, like Evan. You know, the guy will give you the shirt off his back if he can. and. It's amazing. Yeah, you know, it's, when, it's good to know people like When that. all that stuff fell apart and you were kind of trying to figure out what you wanted to do and you called me and said you just needed something to do, I, I can count <laughs> on two hands and two feet how many times I've had polishers here in my shop. I mean, um, I, I don't even think I hesitated. I just told you, come no. on over, I'll put yeah. you to work. Like, I can find something, that's what you told yeah, me. Yeah, you need like, to stay on your feet, I'll figure it out. Like, Tell me what you got to make and I'm just going to make you work until you make that kind of money. Like, <laughs> I'll figure it out. There's always tons of work here to add. Absolutely. Um, Ronnie Jordan, a good friend of mine for a long time. He um, he fell on some hard times. I flew him up here to work for two weeks. Tragically lost one of his family members. I put him on the next flight home. I mean, it's 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 what I try to do. I know not a lot of people know some of those stories. Um, I. For as bad a rap as I get, <laughs> I truly care about the industry. Like, if you spend a day with me at Absolutely. a show or anywhere, like, you get to see the amount of people I talk to and understand that I can't return every phone call and I can't take every phone call at the second it comes in because, like, I'm, I'm honestly <laughs> helping a lot of people. Absolutely. I've and seen that. It's, I don't know, it's just different when you get to this level. Like, some people will hate you just for the sake of... Just because it's something to do. You know? Just because they want to bring it down a notch, but it just is what it is. But it's cool to see that you've now taken what was a setback for you and now stuck with it. You, you kept muscling through it and got to where you're at. Oh, yeah. Because there, there, I won't lie, there's a few times where I just thought about you know not polishing anymore and going back to construction because that's where I came from. Mm -hmm. And that's what I know best, but you know, I just I love polishing. Yeah. I love the... 
you know, it's such fulfilling work because you take something that's crappy and make it look beautiful at the end of it. And that's it's worse than drugs. I'm telling you, it's worse <laughs> than drugs. Because, like, you just get addicted to it. Seeing that transition every day, it's an addiction. I mean, it seriously is because <laughs> it ain't for the money. No. <laughs> I mean, yeah. The money's decent. And it ain't for the easy work either. No, it's, it's back-breaking hard work. Yeah. I mean, but that's what... You know, my girlfriend never understood when, when we were working why the days were so long and everything. And she just thought maybe I just dilly-daddled. One day I had a guy stand me up for hand polishing and he was going to chase me and never showed up. So she came and she was doing the hand polishing. At the end of the day, she's like, I didn't even know. I had no idea. And I was like, oh, yeah, well, you only did the hand polishing. Yeah. Imagine if you're running grinders. I was really fortunate. Like when I started, my wife helped me get it started. She chased everything. Like, and back then, I was not good. I, I was not good. So, like, there was rouge on everything. She used blue magic to wipe everything down. Like, she was doing the hard work. I was doing the easy stuff, laying it all out, making it look like crap. And she finished it all up and making it look good. So, like, she knew how hard it was for me to do what I did. And she knew I was holding the grinder and it was harder work than doing the hand polish stuff. Um, and I remember we had had a we had had a fight on like a Wednesday or a Thursday or something. We hadn't really been talking to each other and I had to come in on a Sunday by myself to do a truck and she just showed up in work clothes. Like she's like, let's get this thing done. Cause she wanted me home that day so we could work through our issue, whatever yeah. it was. I don't even remember what it was. It was like 10 years ago when we first bought this shop. She came in and she was hand polishing and the grinder was just laying there and I had gone to the bathroom. And I come back out and I hear the grinder running and like she was gonna prove a point that she could do what I did just to say she did it and like try to get me in a better mood and I was like, what are you doing? Like, put that thing down. You like, you're gonna hurt yourself. yourself. She's like, no, I can do it. Put some rouge on and she's buffing and oh my god, I was like, all right, I'll fix it. Don't worry about it. Like it was just a looked like a kid writing with a crayon. It was just all over the place, no pattern, no nothing. And it's like you sit back and think about it. It's just. Where do you start if you don't know what to do with it? Like she's watched me do it a hundred times, but like she doesn't never put two and two together that I have a pattern and the reason why I do things a certain way. So she just started covering it thinking as soon as it was all covered, it was eventually going to be shiny. Yeah. But <laughs> well, she hadn't seen me do the process in probably 10 years because she hadn't worked with me in 10 years. I mean, she'd come in and hand polish once in a while, but our evolution of what we knew got so much better over 10 years. I was going to say, if you're a good polisher, your process is changing constantly. Awesome. You're always trying to improve. Always changing. And that's what I think a lot of other new polishers don't understand is Keenan and I have this battle all the time that he's like, what's your process? I'm like, well, that changes from week to week sometimes. With me. I mean, works for you. I'm pretty set in my stone now at 21 years in, but I'm still learning stuff every day. And just think how many times since you've started have you changed your process on something? I can't even count. Like, <laughs> and then when somebody shows you a new way, it's like, oh my god, I wish I would have known that a long time ago. Well, that's what I mean is even, even me teaching you and Brandon today, like showing you guys some of the new stuff that we've learned over the past few years. Like, yeah. You're gonna take that home and go, oh man. <laughs> yeah, I get. Right. There's hours I set trying to figure out a piece of stainless, and it, you know, it didn't look the way you want it to yeah. look, and you know. With everything I've polished, I had a certain expectation for it, and I was like, I'm going to nail this, and <laughs> I just couldn't get it. I don't know what it was. I I mean, I could get it shiny, but I couldn't get it to the finish I wanted. I, I try to tell everybody, like, 
you can only give the material as much as the material will let you give. So like, if you're trying to make every piece perfect, not every piece was made to be perfect. So like, can you get there? Yes. We all know there's a six step, a 10 step, a 15 step process to get it perfect. Is that piece worthy of being perfect? Is every piece worthy of being perfect? Simple answer is no. Yeah. I mean, not if you want to be a profitable yeah, business. Say it's not really if you're polishing for yourself for fun, 100% everything <laughs> can be perfect. Like my cab over. Everybody's like, I want, I want my stuff to look like your cab over. I'm like, then tell me you got no budget. <laughs> and don't and grumble. All the time when, in the world. <laughs> and don't grumble when I hand you a bill for 20 grand. You know, like, want 20 grand for polishing? I'm like, my cab over, I've spent hundreds of hours on that thing. And I didn't even have the back of the tanks polished. When I was down at Bottomley's doing the stuff polishing, that's restoration at that point. Right. You know? When I bought that thing, it was white. Like, the tanks were white, white. And when I was down at Bottomley's, they had the tanks off. They're like, uh, you forgot something. I'm like, I know, I haven't pulled the tanks down to do the backside yet. <laughs> I'm like, when he gets back, now I'm going to have to drop yep. it and do the backsides. Because now the frame stretched out, you can see the backside. I have to like, I can't get away with that no more. Yeah, I remember that was when I first started here. That was the biggest thing is how short that was. You didn't need a CDL or nothing to drive it. Well, you still don't. It doesn't weigh enough. Really? Yeah. I just figured with the tandem axle mm -hmm. stretching it way out, they might. It still doesn't weigh enough. It's still nice. technically like an RV. Or, and it's a collector, so it's collector plated. Nothing wrong with that, though. Mm-hmm. That's a cool little truck for sure. Wait till you see it. It's, it's going to be cool. I'm repainting it. Going crazy with it. It's... Like everything else. Hoping to have it done by Google. Yeah, like everything else in my life. You yeah. know? My pickup, my donk. <laughs> Everything's too much in my life. That's alright. That's what you work hard for. You though. know, I mean, I worked a lot of years without taking a single vacation. I, I know I was preaching to Brandon about this earlier, but I worked a lot of years without a vacation. I skipped a lot of my wife's birthday, my birthday, my kids' birthdays. I missed a lot of stuff to get to where I'm at. A lot, a lot of people don't want to sacrifice what it takes to get there. And me, I was willing to take the beating from my kids and the beating from my wife, skipping stuff, and the brow beating on it, to sacrifice where I'm at. Looking back on it, if I had to do it all over again, yeah, I'd do it all over again. I'd maybe structure it a little different. Because I missed out on a lot of good stuff. But I truly love this. But at the same time, too, it's, I mean, what, what you've been through led you to here, too. That's what I mean. You know the age-old question of if you can find a time machine and go back 20 years and have the knowledge you have now, would you still do it the same? That's a tough question. The butterfly effect, right? Yeah. Because if you change what you did to get there, are you still going to be the same when you went back? I, I don't think I will be. Like, you know what I mean? I mean, it's hard to say, yeah. Because it took all that life experience to get to where you're at. That's true. I mean, my my drive for work and everything came from being screwed over and yeah. you know not oh, or being the only working guy. You know, there there's a couple times where we've had a crew and you know they take thirty million breaks at a time and mm -hmm. you're you're the only one stuck working. You yeah, that that stuff wears on you. I don't care who you are. I used to always joke around back when I worked for somebody. I was like, I wish I smoked. The smokers got smoke breaks. You know? <laughs> Free breaks all the time. The non-smokers didn't. 
It was like it was kind of a luxury to be a smoker. Exactly. Like, I don't understand that. That makes no to sense. To get rewarded. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I never understood that, but I mean, everybody has their own process and everything. But I just, I don't know. I'm I'm happy that my path led me to where I am in polishing right now because I I met up with Brandon from Premier and. He's a killer polisher, a hard-ass worker. I mean, We're actually going to do a podcast with him next. It's like, I mean, it was a blessing. I almost gave up on polishing just because, you know, when you're by yourself, it's it's hard. It burns out. Yeah, it does. And everybody, it does, they don't care. They want you there. I mean, once you start, and even if it's a guy that says, I got one truck, either he's going to have two, maybe three by buddies, the time you're done. Buddies show up. <laughs> yeah. So it worked. I got sick of having employees, and I ended up working 15 months by myself. I did, um, I don't know, it was just shy of 600 trucks that year, 12 months worth. I was averaging two trucks a day by myself. It was at the end of that 15 months, I was like, either I'm hiring somebody, or I'm going to work in a factory. Because <laughs> like, I'm not doing this by myself it's for the rest of much. my life. It's too much. It is. I mean, it, you can you can do it for a little while. I mean, it'll press a lot of people and everything, but like mentally and physically, it, it kills you after but a little while. On the inside. Yeah. And I give a lot of credit to the guys like Casey, uh, Casey Helzer. He's been working by himself this whole time. I keep telling him he's got to get somebody sooner or later. Like he'll burn himself out. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, I got to figure out how to pay somebody. I'm like, you'll fi you'll figure that part out. Don't worry <laughs> about it. Like. You gotta get somebody sooner or later because you're just gonna kill yourself. Doing if you it. get the right person, they'll pay themselves. Pretty That's much. exactly it. That's exactly it. And like Steve Summers, he finally hired somebody, and he's never gonna regret that. Yeah. Never gonna regret that. Even the bad employees I've had, I don't regret because they still got me to where I'm at. Yeah. It made you better in the long run. Mm -hmm. Or, I mean, I don't know. There's experiences that have been bad for me, but I wouldn't take them back. I mean. There's there's different ways I'd go about it, but I'm thankful for you know what I've learned. You had to start I've somewhere. It. Yeah, exactly. So you started out with Keystone. Yep. And if you had to go back on it now, if you could restart it all over again, what would be your starter? Uh -huh. Would you still start with the same stuff to get yourself the experience? I guess t if you can polish with Keystone and make it look good, <laughs> you're going to be a talented dude, let me tell you what. Because, <laughs> I mean, I don't know, you got to have talent to pull some shine out of that stuff. It's pretty dry. It'll get the job done. It will. I mean, I, I just, I love the stuff, that, the technology and everything, the way, where it's at now, it just, if you have to work by yourself, I mean. There's a lot more companies in it now. Yeah, exactly. Back when I first started. There wasn't many companies. There was Keystone, um, Zephyr, and Matchless was selling to people. Jackson Lee was selling to people, but they weren't selling to the small guys like us. They were selling to chrome shops or uh, manufacturing shops, and then these manufacturing shops would sell to the people like myself. Like I could go buy. 30 or 40 buffs from a chrome shop. Yeah. But now the chrome shops are gone too. I shouldn't say chrome shops. Chrome plating shops is what I'm talking about. So, I don't know. 
If you had to do it all over again, would you still polish with it? I mean, I, I'd say yes, because then it, it kind of, you know, it made me look, look more into it. You know, once I once it came out and then I started YouTubing it and then I saw your channel and I was watching your YouTube videos and that's, that's when I was like, all right, well, let's just call Evan. Yeah. <laughs> find out what we're doing wrong. And then, lo and behold, you have a training program. I was like, well, I say we should go do it at least yeah. so we know what the heck we're doing. I would still start the same way too. I felt like since Keystone was drier and the buffs were stiffer, I had to learn my pressure. I had to be really consistent with my pressure. And my compound, as it would dry out even faster, you'd, you'd see that there was no black line in front <laughs> yeah. of you. So like the second there was no black line, you're like, okay, I'm dry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I need to put more <laughs> compound on. So like, I felt like since there wasn't outlets for me to learn from when I first started, um, it's probably the best way to trial by fire. I'd say so, and that's that's one of my favorite things about talking. I, I, I don't look at any other polisher as a competition in any yeah. way, shape, or form. There's, There's so too much, much work, work out there. there. It's I actually look at them as a teacher. You know, I want to know how they do it. Yeah. And why their process is that way, and if it makes, if I'm able to change a few things that make my process that much faster, that much better, that much easier, I want to do it. Yeah. You know? Just like we talked about earlier today, was it? Um, I've learned some of the craziest ideas I've dreamt up from polishers that haven't been polishing that long. Exactly. I mean, I've learned a lot of weird things that a lot of times I'll be training somebody and I'll be like, why do you do it that way? I'm like, I don't know, it just works. <laughs> so it's like, all right, now my brain kicks in and it's like, all right, I gotta know why that worked. So like, I'll have them do it again so that I can replicate it when they're gone. And now I can sit down with either my metallurgist or my chemist and try and figure out like, why is this working? And if it is, working that way is there a way that I can make that even better yet but I gotta figure out why it did that first before I can make it better so you can I, learn something from anybody absolutely even even a drunk polisher that just started polishing today <laughs> might stumble across something you didn't know <laughs> yeah. so like I don't know I wish the I wish the polish wars would have never happened years back I know you lived through the end of that but um, I, I wish it would have never happened. I mean, some good things did come out of it. The industry, even though it was a fight, fully came together to fight each other. So everybody crawled out of the woodwork because everybody wanted to be the best. But at the same time, like a lot of hate and animosity came yeah. out of that because so many people thought that they were just artists that nobody else could match their stuff. And I don't care. Put me in. Put me in the not even the top thousand polishers on the planet. I don't care. Like, I don't need to be top 10, top five, top 20, top 100, top thousand. Keep it, keep it all. My customers are happy. That's all I want. That's what matters. And I wish more people would look at it that way. And I wish more people would teach, treat it as a business. And that's one thing we're gonna touch on in the next yeah. podcast with Brandon is <laughs> yesterday's conversation. And I, I just, I, I want more people to grow and do better. I, I want to see every polisher get to where I'm at and further. Like I want the whole industry to come up together. Like I want everybody to have a better business. And the only way to do that is to not just teach each other polishing, but now teach each other how to treat it as a business. I've never once seen a Walmart commercial talk trash about Target. You, you just don't see yeah. it. And I get it. We're in a service industry and, and things are different. But I've never seen a hair salon place talk about how bad the haircuts are at the other place. 
Like it just doesn't happen. Yeah. Why can't we all? Why can't we all just get along? We all got that goal <laughs> here, you know. We all just want to make stuff shiny, and make money, and go home, and retire. Exactly. Have shiny trucks out there. Hold on, let me reset that. Ooh, that was a good one. All right. So, what got you into it? Just the truck washing? Well, I started off, you know, throughout growing up once I moved up here, I started detailing cars and stuff. Originally, I started in my grandpa and grandma's trailer park in River Falls, like their church friends and stuff. Sure. Started detailing their cars and stuff, and my grandpa was like, man, like, I've never even brought my car anywhere where they detail professionally that it's done this good. Really? And so that's when I kind of got into it. and. Yeah, I started with interiors and whatnot, and then I kind of, I advanced it a little while, and I was doing, like, a lot of their friends' cars and stuff like that, and then I quit, and I went into construction, and then uh, a kid from, I went to school with, approached me while I was working construction and kind of asked me to join up with him. He wanted to do a detail and, and wash, truck wash, essentially, and, uh, so that's when we started, and we started on this gentleman named Bob Link's truck. It was a blue Peterbilt, and yeah. uh, I did one part, and it came out pretty nice. Uh, I want to say it was the the top of the step box, the the ones that split in half. Yep, yep. And it was diamond plate, so it was, I mean it came out nice. And then I did a tank, and uh, it was it was bad. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I've seen some bad stuff, and it was bad. Like, you don't got to be ashamed of that. I mean... Yeah, because I, technically now I, you know, now I understand. Like, and that's the thing, too, is burning the crap out of all that helped me to understand how I got to that point, too. Like, you know, you can... Somebody can tell you all day long in this profession, like, what you're doing, but until you actually do it, you don't really understand it. Well, and the worst part is, is, like, there's no, like, perfect recipe... Everybody wants a like play-by-play, -play, and a lot of my phone calls are like, "All right, so how often do I put compound on?" And what? Depends what? on the technique. And yeah, the exactly. So, and... what do you mean by how often do I put the compound on? Like when your pad dries out. Well, what do you mean? How do you know when your pads dry? I'm like, oh, welcome <laughs> to the art of polishing. Because if your pads like this or like this, straight up or off to the side. Straight up, your compound's gonna flow with you better than off to the side. Off to the side, you're gonna burn your compound off. So like, you might only make it two or three inches if your pad's cocked to a 45, whereas you might make it six to eight inches if your pad's straight up. <laughs> How do I tell you that? Because I haven't seen you. I, I always crack the joke when people call me with a question like that. I'm like, you know, the best way to answer that is call Stevie Wonder and ask him what color his shirt is. <laughs> you know, like, there is no set answer to that. Yeah. So. How often do I put compound on? Well, I don't know. How often do you rake? I don't know. Like, well, don't you rake? Yeah, I rake, but I don't know how often. Like, I rake when the pad starts leaving scratches or excess scratches. Well, everything I'm doing is scratchy. All right, well, that's part of the process. Like, there's a difference between hash marks and scratches. Hash marks are going to dissipate in a day or two. Scratch marks are going to be there forever. <laughs> like, there's a difference. Well, how do I tell the difference? I, I don't know. Like, you just got to see it. It's just got to happen. Yeah, that, yeah that, that really reminds me of the other aspect of it when, you know, when they ask how to do it, but then you get the guys who, uh, 
ask you what it's going to be to do a truck. Like, that's my favorite. How much to do a truck? And it's like, well, what's all on the truck? What kind of shape is it in? Because for so long, this industry was just, I charge 500 to do a truck. I charge 800 to do a truck. It's like, it's taken, like I said, doing this 21 years, it's taken 21 years and we're still not there. Like I've always charged piecework, but every cus every new customer I get is like, how much for the truck? I've never seen your truck. Yeah. Well, no, I'm, what's your average for a truck? I'm like, there isn't an average. That varies huge. Well, just give me an average, a million dollars. And they're like, what do you mean a million dollars? I'm like, there isn't an average. Like, I don't know if you have six wheels. I don't know if you have six wheels, two tanks. I don't know if you have six wheels, two tanks, two boxes, a headache rack, a bull bumper. Like, I, I don't know. So many different combinations. Yeah. You might have a Volvo with six wheels. Well, I have a Freightliner. Okay, does your Freightliner have painted tanks, that polished tanks, that painted boxes, that have anodized boxes? Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Send me pictures, I'll get you an estimate. And some people get pissed off by that. They're like, I don't know why you can't just give me an average price. I'm like, because if I tell you 450 is my average, and you get here and your bill is going to be 1200 you're going to be pissed that you drove all the way up here, and your bill is triple what my quote-unquote average is. Yeah. Yours might be the high side of my average. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's really hard. I mean, for polishing, just in general, like, you know, when you're explaining to people the process or when you're trying to give them a price quote, you know, nobody really understands anything about it other than that you're making it shiny. Well, there's a lot of guys that I polished before and I know exactly what I'm doing. Yep. Why am I here? Yep. <laughs> like, why am I here? Why am I doing this? <laughs> you can do it for cheap. Like, you know how expensive the products are. Those are the ones that really get me. The guys are like, you know, I know it only costs you $20 to do this. I'm like, no, no, no. no. This yeah. cost me $20 in materials. <laughs> yeah. Have this employee making 150, that employee making 200, that employee made 250, 300. Plus, I still gotta pay myself. Well, no, 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 you're the owner. No, 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 I work here and I'm the owner. I gotta cut myself a check at the end of the week, too. Yes, it was $20 in materials, but now I got insurance. Now I got payroll taxes. Overhead. Overheads. Plus, we had to drive here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's huge. I mean, that's, I'm just trying to find a lot of good people. That's, I think that's what anybody is, trying to build a good customer base so that, you know, you're not running into this where you got to sit and bicker and fight with people about yeah. pricing. And, you know, it gets it's getting better. Like, now that I was established over on the other side of the state for a while, you know, so people kind of got a feel for what I was charging anyway. And the quality you're putting up. Exactly. Yeah. There's, there's becoming more of an industry standard. You know, the pricing used to be all over the place. It's getting more compact. Um, I feel like a lot of polishers are starting to adhere to kind of a general number system. I do hear, like on tanks, I hear 50 cents a gallon, a dollar a gallon, two dollars a gallon. Those are pretty common between just polished, sanded and polished, heavy sanded and polished. Yeah. And then if you're doing half a tank or full tank, you know, that pricing varies. Um, wheels, anywhere from 25, that's my fault, all the way up to <laughs> yeah. 90, so it, it bounces around. Absolutely. Um, so we, we hear quite a bit of that, um, but um, it's getting better. I think so too, and like the networking, you know, social networking and everything, I think is helping that a lot too, because 
now polishers can communicate with each other a lot easier. You know, there's the polish, the polish page that you run and everything like that. It's when you need a question, it's actually a lot easier to just throw it up on there. You know, that for a while I was kind of hesitant to ask people, but honestly, until I started coming here and working with you and everything, it kind of brought me into my shell and. And you know, it kind of made me that guy that wants to pass that on too, you know, also give, some, give people the knowledge that you gave me. But the problem, problem I'm running into is finding a, a good person that wants to take on that knowledge. Yeah. No, I, I feel that. It's, it's hard to find people that want to do this in the industry, but when you finally find one, you'll be, you'll be blown away. Well, I'm not going to point any elbows or nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you did. I'm glad you did because, honestly, I'm really interested to see where you guys go with it. And it'd be cool to see it keep moving forward because I think you guys are both really talented polishers. And you guys are only going to get better as a group. I mean, yeah. it's, it's going to be good. Um, what's been the highlight of your career so far? I have to say that... My highlight was uh, running around the country doing a couple, doing the like the bigger shows. Like I got the Louisville one was my very first one, and that was oh, a yeah. big one. And like I was hooked after that. I ain't mm-hmm. gonna lie, I was like, oh, I love shows. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they're a blessing and a curse. Yeah, that was the actually that was the first show where I ran into Randy Manning and his dump because he had the mm-hmm. he had the uh, the old Hulk actor. Oh yeah, come out for the day. And yep, that's right. It was a it was a cool experience, and then uh, that was the first year he built um, he built the, the dump truck. Yeah, the big one. That was a fun project. Oh yeah, it was quite a project. Oh yeah, I remember the first phone call we had with him that he was gonna he was gonna show it for the entire year, and that first year he didn't show he showed a lot, but not not as much as he did the second year. The second year he blew the scene wide open with that thing and just. I think you ended up doing like 16 shows that year. That was a lot. Dang. I just remember that when we got down to Dallas and we were all set up down there and he drove straight through from West Virginia to make it. And mm-hmm. I was like, holy cow. But yeah. and we had to hurry up and get him Slept a couple of hours and then got up and got ready for the show. I was just like. Oh, yeah. That was good times. Yeah, it was. Florida was fun. Yeah. Doing the, the that's the other highlight, going out to that. Clint's farm and mm-hmm. doing the photo shoots and stuff. That was a lot of fun. Clint Dix is good people. Yeah, he and is. His whole family are just good people. Yeah, I talked to him again the last time we were down in Wildwood. Yep. You know, kind of shook his hand. I was like, I don't know if you remember me. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. I remember you. You don't forget. <laughs> yeah. You don't forget, that's for sure. Yeah, um, that's a cool bunch of people over there, that's for sure. What's been the most interesting thing you've polished? Oh, I did a... Uh, it was an ancient bell from... Uh, a big old brass bell. It fell out of uh, the original church in town and burnt down. Really? And the, the bell somehow survived. What happened was it disappeared for like 10 or 15 years or something like that. Really? And somebody found it, I guess, in town. It happened to be in some dude's garage or something. So oh, they really? brought it back out and uh, it was it had probably 10 layers of paint on it. Ugh. So uh, they brought it in. Did you use paint stripper? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's brutal on brass. Yep. As I told him, I was told him, I was just like, yeah, I could probably polish it if it's brass. And uh, well, the shop that had it is a buddy of mine. They have a machine shop and they had to build a base for it because they're going to put it on a big display in the 
in the town's graveyard and stuff like that, where the church used to be. So, all said and done, it took a few days stripping all the paint off it and everything, and then I didn't really sand it or nothing, you know, because it, it had a nice old school look to it, and then when you cut it out, it, I don't know, it almost looked like a brand new copper penny. It really? Was, it was crazy. I love it. Brass is so soft, like you can really do some cool work with brass. Yeah, and it had still kind of like a patinaed look mm. to it, and it, I don't know, they were in love with it. Brass, brass is another one of those sponges that soaks stuff in, so like, eventually it discolors the whole face, so like, you can only do so much with it, but yeah, no, I love it. I love brass. Absolutely, that was, I, and that's probably the most unique thing I say that I've polished. Well, that's pretty cool. So, I mean, other than typ your typical exhaust and wheels mm -hmm. and all this, but it was a fun one. That's cool. I, I love getting weird stuff like that from time to time. It just kind of breaks up your year. Yeah, and I mean, it's only breaks the next town out. over, so like we can go over and check, check it out, out all the time. time and be like, That's yeah, cool. I just show my kids I polished that. <laughs> That's really cool. Keegan likes it. He's, you know, he's my little... Uh, he likes to come and hand polish every once in a while. Yeah. He loves it. That's cool that you can keep your family involved in it too. You know, I, I always joke around with my girls that I want them to come work for me someday and uh, that they need to be smarter than me and work <laughs> in the office and not in the shop. Yeah. But my, my little one, she's hands on. She wants to, she always wants to be on the shop with me. She's daddy's girl, so she, she wants to be out there holding on to something. But um, sooner or later, I'll let her hand polish something, but I'm trying to keep them away from it as long as yeah, I can. Yeah, I understand. I'd rather put them in the product side and have them sell product and box stuff up and label products and do that stuff just because they're my girls, they're my babies, yep. you know, I don't want them, I I don't want them getting dirty. If I had a boy, it'd be a different story, <laughs> like I don't want them getting dirty, but I, don't, I want better for my girls. Yeah, <laughs> Not that sounds bad, but... No, yeah, I run into that problem because, you know, I'll bring Keegan with and my daughter Ashlyn will be like, can I come? And it's just like, uh, I would love to bring you, honey, but I don't, I don't want to put you into that. Uh -huh. <laughs> it's uh -huh. dirty. It's I mean, I mean, I love it that Keegan, he he has so much fun doing though. I mean, he I I put him on a box, a step box that we got at the shop, and he sanded both sides of it, and that's you couldn't even tell that I, if I would have sanded it, you wouldn't that's tell awesome. the difference. You know, the beautiful part is when they're younger, they pay attention to what you tell them, because they want to make you happy. So it's like if you tell them speed, pressure, and how to do it, that's the only way they know. There's I suppose, no, yeah. There's no other life experience that they can relate to that, so they have to trust you. I feel like the younger ones do better. A lot of my guys that come through the shop that I train to do stuff with us, the younger the better, for the most part. you got to deal with a lot of the other stuff that comes <laughs> along with it, but the younger the better. I mean, they, they learn and they catch on a lot quicker, but just how it is. What's the... Um, biggest thing you did that you thought you were going to make money on or thought you were going to kill it on and it just burnt you and you were like oh man i'm gonna have to eat this one i would have to say we uh we we did an aluminum box for for a guy up in northern wisconsin and uh it looked like the previous people had sanded it with grinders whoa tiger paw style yes nice and uh so nice. when we got there i mean we didn't really realize and most of it you couldn't really see until you started cutting some of the aluminum and you're like holy god like so we ended up sanding the whole thing three stage and everything but we gave the guy a price for just cutting color oh. which that's where i learned my lesson <laughs> and he was he was so happy and it still didn't come out great because 
Like, you know, there's only so much you can take out yeah. in one time, or you can sit there for the rest of your life and yeah. make it look beautiful. Yeah. But he and, was happy with what he got. Oh, yeah. He, he was like, oh, I, I didn't, it didn't even look close to the shiny when I got done last time. I was like, I don't Well, that's awesome. So you got, you didn't really get burnt on it because he was happy. Yeah, he was happy. But we on the money side, money yeah. 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 Been there, done that more than more times than I care to admit. Yeah, but, but I don't know. In my opinion, I think you win and lose on them because, granted, you lost the money, but that guy is going to go around and tell everybody. And he's going to tell 100 people yeah. how it you were. Yeah. And they're going to see that and be like... It pays tenfold back, especially in your younger years, like when you're, when you're first starting off, doing stuff like that for people. As long as people don't take that for granted exactly, and, and you're use not that against you in the future, you know? But, like, it is, it is helped... Helpful to build your business that way. Um, what's if you were meeting another new polisher today? What's the best piece of advice you could give a new polisher? What is the one thing that if you had to tell yourself when you started, what would you tell yourself? Don't be afraid to ask questions. Really? That's. I mean, when I first started. That was just my biggest thing is I always felt like I was bothering people, you know, it's like, I, especially you, you know, I've no. worked with you and I've seen how busy you are and, and that's like when I was talking with Keenan, we, we stayed back and did a truck down in Dallas Yep. after you took off and I was talking with him, I was just like, I just hate calling him and asking him, he's so damn busy, it's like, <laughs> just send him a message, he'll answer you eventually. I was just like, like I told that polisher today that we just finished training. <laughs> Shoot me a text. I'll get you a quicker response because I could be sitting at home with my family and I can text you quicker than I can call you. Exactly. Or I'll be running a grinder and I got my respirator on. I can text you quicker than I can call you. Or I'll be in a meeting and I can text you quicker than I can call you. Exactly. But with that, you know, like asking for help is, it's, or asking any questions, you know, when, if you're making a mistake, it'll help you from screwing up the whole truck, the whole rest oh, of the okay. truck. If you're, if you're stuck on one spot, you know. You can send a picture and a message and... And that's why I try to help everybody is like, I remember what it was like when I started and I had nobody to ask questions to and I remember, I remember how much that sucked. Like, I just remember back to like struggling through that and I was like, why am I doing this? Like, I don't want anybody else to be like, why am I doing this? I want you to love doing exactly. it. Exactly. And I want you to get it right or try to help you as best I can to get it right because I want you to love this thing. Like, I want... I want this industry to keep growing. Like I want a hundred more polishers in the country. I want a thousand more polishers in the country. We all still don't can't yeah. get all the work done. Yeah. Just it's crazy. But that's a good one. I think that's the first time we've heard that on this podcast. Was don't be afraid to ask questions. Yeah, that's. I mean, as far as I, I'm concerned, as my personal experience, from that first truck and then sitting there trying to figure it out and making it worse and worse. Yeah, you know, it's it was that easy to just call and and then it it wasn't even like I said I had it figured out just from talking to you on the phone that you know well, you got to make sure your pressure's right and you're not, you got enough rouge and I was just like it's yellow lines and you're like yep you're burning it yeah that's it yellow and brown is almost always burns yeah white is ninety percent of the time white's miss spots very rarely are white lines burns. Very rarely. I spent like the, the yeah. truck bumper today, those were burns. <laughs> those were the yellow head time to come out of it. You know, like, it's been washed enough time that the yellow and brown's gone. It's just white now. But um, 
And the kid just didn't know. It was the same thing for him. It was just not enough compound yeah. and just working in a spot too long and just burning it. And, and that's, it's seriously, it's just not understanding it, you know. When you're seeing your line at, well, for me, when I was first polishing, I seen my cut line. Mm -hmm. But I didn't realize that when it wasn't black anymore, I was running out of rouge. I just figured, when I watched the videos, guys just touching it and running up the tank. <laughs> All right. It's super easy. And there's always something down here he is doing. And I was like, I don't know what he's doing off camera. <laughs> Can't figure that out. <laughs> there's a step I'm missing. Uh-huh. Yeah. But, yeah. Just ask. I mean, between Brandon, you, the, their network is crazy. Keenan. Yeah. Oh, Keenan's a great resource. Even though he's been doing it just a short time, I've, I've pumped a ton of information in that kid. And he's smart, too. He's figured a lot of it out on his own. So a lot of times I give him a little bit of guidance and he'll figure it out. But he's he's a wealth of knowledge, too. Yeah, that it's a big deal. It helps. That'd be my best advice. Don't be afraid to ask. Yeah, and honestly, I try to tell everybody every time I meet them at shows, like, here's my cell number. Text me. Call me. Like, ask me anytime you want. Like, I'm not, I'm not shy about it. If I don't have time, I won't answer. As soon as I get time, I'll call you. Like, text me. Call me. Whatever you got to do, I will try to help you out as quick as I can, as much as I can. That's awesome. And there's other people out there. There's getting to be even more people like myself that are doing more and giving back and I hope that number keeps growing to more and more and more people that want to yeah I know Brandon kind of opened my, my eyes up to summer shine yeah you know I never really followed him until Brandon was talking about him he knows a lot too he's, he's got some he's putting out a lot of good TikToks Brandon's putting out some good TikToks showing off what he's doing too and people are seeing it there's other good ones out there too some are a little cockier than others but um, it is nice to see more of the industry giving back to the industry because there wasn't that before. Yeah. There wasn't any of that before the war. Absolutely. Nobody was telling anybody anything. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Everybody was holding their secrets tight. Exactly. All right. So the last thing is, you can ask me something. What's what's one question? Ask away. I'll try to answer it to the best I can. Ooh. Yeah, I've always been curious about what your motivating factor was for starting polishing like Ooh. why did you get started in it? my motivation well i started it because i fell in love with trucks i fell in love with cool trucks working at truck uh, sparkle wash there we got to see a lot of cool show trucks come through i've talked about this in other podcasts that i just fell in love with being around cool trucks i wanted to be around cool stuff my motivating factor was um very few people know that i have an anxiety issue. I, I I grew up with it. I didn't know what it was until like eight years ago. Um, and polishing was a great creative outlet that made that kind of go away. And my motivation was is I'm a workaholic. So I found something I could do and excel because I had to do a lot of it. Right? So it, it kept my anxiety down because my brain was overactive all day long. Um, a lot of people call it ADHD. I don't feel like ADHD is <laughs> was a real thing for me because I, I don't jump from one thing to another to another. Mine's very focused and streamlined. I just had a lot of anxiety about it. Um, I would have anxiety attacks on a regular basis when I was younger. I didn't know what they were. My parents never had money to take me to a doctor to figure out what it was, so we just didn't deal with it. Um, 
now I'm not afraid to talk about it because it's something I deal with and live with. Um, now I have it managed um, without medication. Um, I'm down to like one a year and um, polishing has been my, my outlet for me to keep my brain active enough that I can sleep at night. Because if I don't do enough in a day, I am wide awake all night. Like my brain just races and races and races and races. It just doesn't go away. And once I had kids, that changed the game for me. Like I was motivated to give my kids better than I had. And I had a great childhood, great childhood. Both parents never divorced. Um, they, were all, they were both always happy. They gave us everything they possibly could. I mean, we didn't have a ton of money, but they did as much as they could. Um, and I wanted to give my kids that same childhood, only I wanted to be able to get them the things that they wanted when they wanted them. I know we're spoiling our kids at that point, but at the same time, I had two girls, and I wanted my girls to have everything. And um, it's different. Once again, I think it'd be different if I had a boy, but <laughs> I, got, I got two girls, and I want... I want them to have the world. I want them to succeed. And my wife became a stay-at-home wife, and I wanted to be—I wanted to be able to create an income that she could do that and raise the kids. And that was my main motivator. Was I—I I just couldn't fail. And I—I I, I know I've mentioned this in a past podcast too. But when I quit the truck wash, my boss had told me, "When it doesn't work, you can always come back." And that was the one thing that always held in my head, like, I was never going back. If you told me when, not if, if it doesn't work, you can come back. It was when it doesn't work, you can come back. And I had seen him when he had sold the truck wash years later. And uh, I had talked to him and he's like, you know, how come you never came back? He's like, I know the recession hit right after that. It couldn't have been a good time. I'm like, you know, remember what you said to me the last day I left? And he's like, no, that was a long time ago. I don't remember none of that. I said, you know, that's the beautiful part is I remember every word you said. He's like, why? I said, you told me when it doesn't work, you could come back. And I just sat there and thought about that statement for weeks and months and years. It was like, you had no faith in me. When I, I was trying to promote, I was trying to become a manager, but he wouldn't let me manage because... He didn't want me having keys for the place because he knew I was polishing on the weekends. He was afraid I was going to use his shop. I was never going to do that. I just wanted to move up in the world. And I'm grateful he didn't give me a raise. I'm grateful he didn't promote me because I'd probably still be working at the <laughs> damn truck wash. Because I, I honestly loved washing trucks. I loved what I was doing. And honestly, if I could open a truck wash right now, I would. Like, I still love washing trucks. I don't know why. It's another one of those gratifying things for me, but I love being around nice trucks and I love being around them when they're clean. Hence the reason why I wash my pickup twice a week. <laughs> but yeah, my main motivator was just, I, I wanted better for my family. And my boss telling me when I could come back, I was gonna prove him wrong. I wasn't going back and I, wa I wasn't gonna go work for somebody else. I was gonna make my business work. And there was a lot of years of eating macaroni and <laughs> Hot dogs and I, mean, I never ate ramen, but I thought about it. I thought about it because ramen was cheaper. Yeah, and I thought, man, I could save some money by eating some ramen, but I, I just didn't. I, I was very fortunate. My wife, she was a hustler too. She worked two, three jobs when one times got tight, and she supported me and made it work. And I was a bum for a little while. It's just how it was, but. Um, 
I wasn't going back. And then once once we had kids, I had to get it done. You know that changed that changed everything in my life. I I just had to make sure they were gonna make it. That's, that is a huge game changer. I will say that for sure. Yeah. Well, it's been awesome yeah. um, chit chatting with you today, and it's been great knowing you for the last five years already. I didn't realize it's been that long already. <laughs> yeah. but, um, these last five years have gone by really quick, and it's cool to see where you where you started and where you've gotten to now. Um, it'd be interesting to have another one of these podcasts in a couple of years when you've when you've grown even more and see see where you've gotten to again, and uh, the new things you've learned and the new things you've seen, and hopefully we get to see you guys out on the show circuit this year. I'd like to reciprocate the same to you. I was telling him, like, when I was coming here back in the day, it's, it wasn't as big as it is now. No, no. When we first it came a long ways here. And when I first met you, we were only in the shop for maybe three years. I mean, we had a lot of wheels for the wheel machine back yeah. then. But we didn't we didn't have a lot of trucks rolling through here back then. I mean, it's just now getting used it's to more on the road here. stuff. Yeah. We were doing a lot of mobile back then. Yeah. Our mobiles cut way back, way, way back. But yeah, it'd be interesting to see where it goes for both of us. Absolutely. And yeah, looking forward to keep moving that along. Same here. Thanks, bud. I appreciate it. And Thank you. Well, on to the next one. Absolutely.